we were just wondering, like, we put an open question out there, like, where do you guys want to see the cabin? And one of our Instagram posts, you know, everyone was just like, Maine, Maine, Deer Isle, like Acadia. And we were like, boom, done. It's like, it's as easy as that. Like, that's where we're going to put the next series of cabins. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 135 with Michael Romanovich. There's something enduring and timeless about the A-frame. It seems to fit into any landscape and instantly screams cozy. Today, I'm interviewing Michael Romanovich, founder of Den Outdoors, which designs beautiful, easy-to-build A-frames and sells plans. In this conversation, we'll explore the popularity of A-frames, the advantages and disadvantages of the design, and learn about what's in store at Den. Stick around. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Tiny House Decisions Print Edition is finally here. Yes, you heard that right. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I've been very reluctant to release my signature guide, Tiny House Decisions, in print form. It's long, it's in full color, and it's expensive to print and ship. Well, after years of requests from readers, I finally figured it out and I have everything set up and ready to go. The print edition of Tiny House Decisions is a gorgeous, full-color, 85 by 11 paperback that's fit for your desk or coffee table. It can be added on at checkout when you purchase the digital edition of Tiny House Decisions, which is what I recommend. That way, you get the digital guide, which comes with free updates for life, the Tiny House Decisions workbook, and other extras. I'm offering $10 off when you add the print copy onto your order. Shipping is free within the USA. There are less than 10 copies left in the initial run, so head over to thetinyhouse.net slash THD to get your copy today. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD. All right, I'm here with Michael Romanovich. Michael began laying the foundation of Den in 2018 after building his New York State cabin, in the Catskill Mountains, lovingly referred to as the Fox Den, in honor of his two-year-old son, Fox, born in the same month as the build. With a background as a technology executive, Michael's latest day job was with a subsidiary of WeWork. He's been involved in the real estate industry for over a decade through his work with New York Observer, WeWork, and hospitality company Porter & Sale. Den is his most recent foray into real estate through architecture and design. Michael has been interviewed by the likes of the BBC and the New York Post and has been featured as a keynote speaker for WeWork and a number of incubators on how to build new products and businesses. Michael Romanovich, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. It's going great and it's good to have you here. Um, I was hoping we could start with just, um, you know, personally, what, what motivated you to build, to build a cabin? Why did you decide to build the Fox Den? Yeah, great, great question. I mean, I think, um, you know, for someone uh, who spent essentially my entire career behind a monitor, you know, it was something that, that, you know, seemed like a a really, really awesome challenge to undertake, right? You know, it was, you know, physical, tangible, you know, it's something that, that, you know, we, we built and would be there, you know, will be there for many years to come. And all of those kind of concepts, like, were just really, really attractive to me, you know, having worked in, in technology 
and really just creating kind of virtual value and like ethereal products. So that was like really the draw, right? And and I created this arbitrary goal for myself to, you know, build it before I turned 40. For some reason, I was like, this is, you know, this is like the inflection point that I'm going to measure, measure my uh, uh, success by, right? And um, I actually just turned 39 this month and the cabin has been completed for quite some time. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, you know, really, really happy kind of with the, the overall kind of timeline and, and outcome. But yeah, you know, I think like, you know, even if you don't work in technology, right? Like, you know, doing something that that seems challenging, that's like outside of of your your norm, right? That leverages like new skills and and you know helps you kind of like lean into new experiences, is just a great way to kind of grow as a person, right? So I think just generally speaking, that's that's kind of why uh, we leaned into that project. And is the Fox Den an A frame? Uh, no, the Fox Den. <laughs> So the Fox Den uh, is a is a simple um, rectangular structure with a shed roof, right? It's it's off grid from both a, a water perspective and a, and a sewer septic perspective, and you know it was really kind of like a, a proof of concept for us uh, for Den, really, right? Because you know we start we started that design and all of our Den designs with a very very strict design brief that says you know, we, we can only use like off the shelf materials, right? Like, you know, standard size windows, standard size doors, you know, things that you can readily get at a Home Depot, Lowe's or local building supply store. So nothing in that cabin was, um, was, you know, really custom. Right. And, and, you know, it, it stands as kind of like a, a lasting, like first, first model for us and kind of informed, you know, our, our approach on new models and informed our approach on material selection, brand selection. So it was really kind of like a, a testbed project for us as well. And that, that's what kind of like moved us towards, you know, being more ambitious in our designs and, and taking on A-frames and taking on larger structures, you know, all because we, we felt like we could finally do it because we, we credibly, you know, put together this project and it, it turned out great. And, you know, and that just gave us like a ton of confidence to move forward with uh, with the the models that we we have um, you know at Den. Nice. So, were you when you built the Fox Den? Were you kind of thinking like I'd like to create a business around this, or was it just personal at that point? It was it was just personal at that point, right? And you know, I think my my background in technology, you know, is more on like the product design side and and the user experience and user user experience strategy side and you know, having that type of uh, background and mindset kind of applied to to building um, was really interesting for me because I was like, wow, this is actually, you know, this is complicated, right? Like it's, there's a lot of decisions, right? Like there's a, um, you know, there's a lot of specifications that you need to pay attention to, a lot of instructions from, you know, all of the various components that you bring into the, to the project, right? And I was like, well, we can make this simpler, right? And and I think through the process, I had that insight. And Den was really started as like a side project, right? Because, you know, I had, I had designed, you know, multiple different cabins and variations of those cabins. And what we ended up doing, right, is like most of the way through the build, we're like, let's, let's see if we can, you know, get traction in the market. And we just picked two of the most compelling designs that were just like living on our computer. And we shipped them off to an engineer and draftsman and turned them into a full construction set. And that's what we launched the company with, really. 
but but yeah, I think you know just to get back to your to your initial question, it was really just like you know inspired by that personal challenge, and then like along the path, we were like, wow, we can we can hopefully make this easier for people who who follow us, right? Sure, yeah, and I um you know I'm struck in your story just about you know working in technology in front of a screen, um and and I remember when I first started following the company, you know it was it was called Walden or Meet Walden, um, which I can totally see the the kind of parallels to Thoreau and the, you know, leaving the city and, and going and building a cabin in nature. Um, did you change the name because it was like impossible to rank for for Walden cabin? <laughs> um, well, Ethan, you are you are probably as as sophisticated, if not more so than than I am in digital marketing. Um, uh, but but yeah, you know, I think like we you know, when we first launched the business, right? Like, and, and I've, I've, you know, helped startups like through this process as well. Like you can't be too precious about things and like, you can't, you can't let perfection stand in the way of progress. Right. So like we, we picked a name that seemed obvious that communicated, you know, cabins, right. And that lifestyle and, and really like the mantra that we wanted to bring into the, uh, to the company. Right. And the one that we wanted to share with our customers and then I think over time, you know, we realized that like Walden, Walden wasn't really like unique enough or ownable enough, right? And and there were like a, a number of different projects out there that you know, you know, from hospitality through to like even senior citizen centers that are like called Walden. And and you know, this this past year, we just we decided to reinvest in the brand and you know, we hired a really, really talented uh, designer in Berlin and, you know, we, sh- we shipped him like all of our stuff, right? Like at that point, like we had, you know, I had been like writing the, uh, the, the book, like I had a rough draft of the book that we, we published this year already done. You know, we had all of these like different designs and different ideas and, you know, we shipped it to this designer and then like within like a few days, you know, he came back to us and was like, you just have to call it den, right? Like you have to call it den because, you know, you, you call it out yourself. Like it's the first cabin that you ever built. And like, and it's also related to Walden, like in terms of, you know, the fact that those three letters even exist in the original name. And, and we were like, wow, that's, and it's also wild animals layer, which like was like a great kind of like, um, you know, pivot for us. Right. In terms of, in terms of like the feeling that we wanted to, invoke in the company right and and it was just like it happened so quickly but it also happened only because we like had all of these elements that preceded it got it so i'm hoping now you can kind of walk me through um because well I, f- I initially reached out um both because my friend christy wolf who is an airbnb entrepreneur monster in that space she's building one of your cabins as her own residence. Um, I think it's the, she's already built it. Yeah. The tiny house cabin. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we love Christy too. Like we, um, you know, she, she's a badass. Like she was one of our first, first customers and, and first to succeed with, uh, with a build of, of one of our designs and, you know, just watching her, watching her work and like source different materials and, you know, I, I remember seeing this one video where she just like used this, um, this like uh, strapping mechanism to just like hoist this window in place. 
Yeah. And I was like, damn, I'm like, you're, you are truly a DIY hero. And we, we love the fact that like, that, you know, we, we have the opportunity to, to know her and know her through the company. Um, but yeah, we, we, we love Christy. Yeah. And so these, you know, these cabins all have such a like custom look to them. And, and I guess, do they all like fit that design brief that you mentioned? Like that, you know, all kind of big box store, local, local materials that are, are easily available. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so. Like, I think, you know, from a, from a structural perspective and from a, from a layout perspective, you know, they all, they all point towards, towards the design that we provide our customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we let our customers kind of like ad lib where, where they, where they want to, in terms of like, in terms of materials customization, like they can finish their walls with plywood or they can finish it with drywall. They can use, you know, counters from uh, wherever they prefer. Right. And like those things ultimately uh, make the cabin personal to, to that person. Right. And in some cases more contextual to the property that it sits on, if they use local materials and we, we, our, our product and our process enables that and, and honors that and really celebrates that when a, when a customer is able to make it their own on top of the thing that we provided them. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I, I appreciate that your website, you know, you seem like you are invested in the cabins being really buildable and, you know, trying to help walk people through that process rather than just kind of showing them these gorgeous photos of these cabins and saying like, you can get the plans. And then, you know, obviously I've never built one of your cabins myself, but that's just the sense that I'm getting is that, that, that is really a core goal here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you, um, what might not be totally visible to, to you or to the customer, right. Is that the designs themselves are designed in a way to enable a DIY builder and, and, you know, if you're using a contractor as well to, to build them easily, right. Like we've seen, um, we've seen competitor designs, right. That just like have like intricacies, right. That, that aren't even really that functional, honestly, that just like, that just equate to like more complexity in, in the build. Right. And like, yeah. and we've spent hours like trying to like simplify the designs, but also uphold a certain aesthetic benchmark, right? So that, you know, people are getting that like really, really beautiful modern, uh, modern aesthetic. Right. But, but yeah, like we've, you know, we, from the, from like the very get go, right. Like we've, you know, employed a, a strategy that like really, uh, enables, you know, fast and easy construction and, and yeah, like, you know, we also couple the, the plans with like a ton of content, like, you know, Ethan, we're, we're giving away a ton of content, right. On our site. Like we've got like, we've got several thousand words of free guides that like demystify the process of buying land or like what to even do with the guy, with the plans once you have them. Um, and we're also releasing several more guides, like, you know, how to find the right contractor, right? Like there's all of these like themes that we're con- continue to, to kind of expose to the customer to just make the overall process easier. And then beyond that, like, you know, anytime, anytime someone wants to reach out to, to our team, you know, we're always available and we, we consult on, on, um, you know, various projects to really just facilitate the, the builder's success. Got it. And, you know, your, your site, you know, features 
this photo or several different photos of these three A-frames kind of perched on the edge of like a rocky cliff over some water. And they almost look, it looks like so ethereal that it almost looks like it, it couldn't be real, but it, but it is real, right? Well, Ethan, that's a great question. Um, so I would say like, we, we, we are, you know, the, the cheapest way for us to be able to, to demonstrate our product, right, is to, in some cases, do composite render, right? And, and that's, it's hugely helpful to our customer because it helps them visualize what the, what the design is, right? What certain spatial elements of, of the, the cabin are, the structure are, right? You know, it would, it would have cost us like probably well over a million dollars to kind of build everything that we have in our catalog. Sure. Um, and we are, we are a self-funded company, uh, privately held. Um, and, and also we were able to launch the entire catalog in, in the span of weeks, right? Not months or years. And, and I think like, you know, how we ended up with Maine in the first place, just kind of getting back to your, to your question about those cabins on the cliff is we actually reached out to our community, right? And we were like, hey, you know, there's a lot of amazing places in the world and a lot of amazing places in the United States. And, you know, uh, we were just wondering, like, we put an open question out there, like, where do you guys want to see the cabin? And one of our Instagram posts, you know, everyone was just like, Maine, Maine, Deer Isle, like Acadia. And we were like, boom, done. It's like, it's as easy as that. Like, that's nice. where we're going to put the next series of cabins. And it was really just like, it was customer, customer driven, right? And community led in terms of, in terms of that direction. Well, the, they're, it's kind of blowing my mind that those are renders because they look, they're incredible. I mean, and, and I don't think that's a bad thing that they're renders because as you said, like, you know, you have a whole catalog of, of plans and, you know, to build them and all and photograph them all. That's a lot of, of time and, and overhead. So I want to talk about A-frames because they seem like they have had a real resurgence in, in popularity. Um, and you've got a great, um, kind of guide on Dan Outdoors, which is why an A-frame house is a popular first build. Um, so I was hoping, you know, could you walk me through it? Like what, walk me through the case for the A-frame. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think like it, it depends on like what your use case is, right? Like if it's, if it's an A-frame for you, right, it should be a personal choice based on like, on, you know, the ease of construction the um you know how appealing like the geometry is to you right and you know from both how it looks like out from the outside as well as how it how it lives on the inside right and then i also think like if you're you know thinking about um short term rentals right if you're you know operating a single property or multiple properties like a frames because of their popularity and because of their design differentiation will probably yield a, a higher occupancy rate and potentially a higher nightly rate, right? So, you know, you can think about it both from a, from a personal context as, as well as a business context, right? And I think like the, you know, really kind of nerding out about like the, the design of an A-frame, right? It's called, it's actually an extrusion structure, right? In that you, you just replicate, you know, the one, one piece kind of over and over again, right? And that really facilitates, you know, a faster build, an easier build, right? And, and there are kind of process 
uh, reasons to believe in, in building an A-frame as, as well, right? And I think like, you know, when we look at A-frames, you know, I don't think they've ever really gone away, right? They're just like, they're like a timeless style, right? That, you know, in, in certain years, like become more popular, right? But they're like blue jeans, right? Like they're not going anywhere, right? Like someone, you know, that structure is, uh, that is, is classic, timeless and, and universal. And I think what we're also seeing is like, is there's a huge fan base, global fan base for A-frames a that spans, you know, Scandinavia, Japan, Russia, the United States, you know, like it's, it's pretty awesome to see like the community uh, surrounding that specific design. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, and I see plenty of them here in Vermont because this is like, you know, ski house country. And, you know, you see these A-frames from the 60s and 70s and they're big A-frames. And I think that the practicality of them as like a full-time residence is more limited than when you're thinking about them as a cabin, as a place to escape to where, you know, you are intentionally maybe going for more limitations. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like that, that, that's like a relative statement, right? I think that like, I think that's that there are many people out there that, that, you know, have A-frames as, as permanent, permanent residences, right? They're full-time residences. And, and yeah, like there are, there are people that, that find the geometry really, really inspiring. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Provided that the A-frame, you know, initially was was built well, insulated well, right? Was like fairly airtight, you know, like it. There's no reason. Um, there's no reason that that home, you know, would would underperform, right? You know, they're uh, the opposite of that, right? Are are people that find the fact that they can't hang art on the walls, um, you know, really frustrating, right? Right. Um, and you know, find that like some of the kind of lost floor space, right, is also really frustrating, right? But, but yeah, like, like I said, I think that that's, that's, that's a relative statement. But, um, but I think like, you know, it does, the, the structure itself, like certainly evokes like a sense of adventure, right? Like it has associations to, to you know, to skiing, to al alpine environments, alpinism, right? And like that's, that, that part is undeniable. Yeah, absolutely. It's got that that alpine, that alpine flavor. Definitely, definitely. the The funny thing for me is like when I see an A frame like in the desert, I'm like, in, in like a you know in a, in a warm climate, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm like that's how universal the design is, right? In that people that that have no, absolutely no uh, concern for for snow shedding, right, are like are building it just because they like it, right? They just like the shape, exactly. It's like a permanent, you know, it's almost got a classic tent shape. Exactly. It's, it's like a permanent tent. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, I've noticed that you, you know, it's great that you've got the cost to build kind of just like an average cost to build just based on the national average per square foot. Um, and that cost, correct me if I'm wrong, is based on on hiring, you know, carpent con contractors, construction crew all that stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly right. This is, I would say like, this is probably like the number one most asked question um, from anyone that comes, comes through our site. Right. And, and what, 
you know, because we're a national company, right? Like it's hard for us to know, like on a zip code level granularity, what the cost to build is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what we're providing on our site is a di- directional kind of metric, a directional number for, for our customers to say, okay, it'll be in and around this, right? Um, and there's a couple of things to, you know, for people to consider, right? Like, you know, labor is highly localized, right? The cost of labor is highly localized. The cost of materials are also localized. And, you know, if you're to build something in Malibu, California, right, it's, it's you know, always going to be more expensive than if you were to build something anywhere in Texas, right? Sure. Um, that's just kind of a, true, a truism, right? So, so you know, we, we put that out there as kind of a, a benchmark for people. And then we, we kind of layer on kind of different considerations, right? Like local labor costs, local material costs. Like the, you know, the other crazy thing to consider is that uh, because of COVID, like there are certain materials costs that have gone up dramatically, like up to lumber is like up to 60% more expensive in some locality, right? And then the other thing is, is like, you know, for people that are DIYing um, their project or large parts of it, they can actually reduce that cost per square foot, right? But if, if, you know, conversely, right, if you're, if you're hiring like a, a builder or a premium builder, right, and using more premium materials, like that, that cost per square foot is also going to go up. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's an important point that I'm sure you, you tell your customers that like those fit and finish pieces will really wildly affect the cost of, of the build. Yeah, yeah. So sorry. You know, what you choose for windows, appliances, finished lumber, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I've I failed to mention one thing, right? That that's that number also excludes two main cost categories, right? Okay. One is actually like everything related to the property, right? So the cost of the property, you know, site fees that include, you know, laying down a driveway, a well, a septic system, right? And then the other cost category that we exclude is uh, fixtures, finishes, and equipment, right? So like all of the, the, the doorknobs, like the stove, the, the fridge, the hot water heater, things like that. And those categories are, are typically excluded from, um, from housing cost projections, right? So we carried that through to, to our model. That's interesting that those are excluded. I mean, I, I guess I understand why for some of them, but also you're, you don't really have a finished house if the, you can't turn the doorknob. That is, that, is, that is true. That is true. But, you know, some people prefer brass doorknobs. Some people prefer stainless. Like there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a, a wild kind of a swing in terms of costing. Them. Yeah. Now, I get these questions all the time, and I know they're really hard to answer because, as you said, you know, every every city in the country every municipality has different rules in terms of permitting um but how have you how have your customers been finding you know getting these these cabins permitted and do you have any kind of general advice that you give to customers about about how to find land where you can build one of these yeah you know it's a great question right and you know so far to our knowledge we have not encountered a customer who has been turned away from a permit because of our plan, right? Or because of the workflow that we we suggest on top of it, right? Like Christy, for instance, you know, she bought the plan, brought bought it or brought it to her um, her building department, 
and was approved within three days to build the project, right? And like, we typically see that. And, and you know, there are a number of other reasons why people aren't able to execute their project, like lack of funds, you know, there, there's, there's a, a ton of reasons why um, someone gets turned away from it. But uh, so far, permitting hasn't been a uh, pain point for, for them or for us. The, the approach and kind of workflow that we recommend to our customers, right, is, is like our, our plans are designed for like a, a one size fits most uh, use case, right? Like there's no way for us to know like all of the specific um, requirements in each different municipality, right? For instance, like if you were to build something in, in LA, right, there are like seismic requirements that need to be addressed that like aren't, you know, the plans aren't aware of them, right? So, so the, the, the workflow that we, we recommend to people, right, is when you buy the plans, and the plans are also like incredibly cheap for what they are, right? Like they're, they're $99, $199, $299, and they contain so much value. They contain like practically the whole thing, right? Um, and from there, we encourage people to speak to like a local civil engineer, right, and to just make sure that the plan meets local code requirements, right? And to annotate the plan where necessary in order to bring it up to local code, right? And the plans are also designed in a way for, you know, to make it easy for a civil engineer to just like insert another sheet, right? If, if there needs to be some sort of amendment to the plan. And then that, that kind of full, full artifact is what the, the, the property owner or the homeowner takes to the to the building department in order to to get their uh their permit right um but yeah in some cases like you know christy like there were no modifications necessary she just brought brought the plans and and you know uh was was given an approval and was off to the races pretty quick nice what has been your most popular model Ooh, good question um I would say like the the A-frame house that we um the two bedroom A-frame house that we recently released has been a, a huge fan favorite. Also the the modern loft barn house which is a one bedroom kind of traditional gabled structure uh with a loft space you know for doing yoga uh, above the bedroom um has been incredibly popular as well. But uh but yeah, I mean uh you know the the A-frames do do a lot of heavy lifting for us as a business for sure. Nice. And have you um you know seen examples of of customer builds? Do you share do you ever share photos of customer builds? Yeah, you know, it's it we just posted one the other day to our Instagram, right? And it's it's crazy because like what we've sold plans to, you know, a ton of different people, right? And um, the other day, like we, you know, we, we, we wake up, right. And we like see this DM in, in our Instagram. That's like, uh, cabins are done. And we're like, what, <laughs> you know, and we like go through the, the conversation history. Right. And like, it had been months since we last spoke with this person. And then they just like dropped us this DM with like, with the, the Instagram handle for this like amazing, uh, retreat that they had built in, in Humboldt, Kansas. Right. And, and that's like, that's starting to happen more frequently, um, which is which is you know pretty exciting as a founder to kind of see that people are succeeding with this stuff, and also just really surprising with how people notify us. Right? There's in some cases there is like a, a gap between like when we sell sell the plan to them 
you know, our last conversation with them and like that notification where they're like, Hey, by the way, we're, we're here. We're like, everything's built. And, and we just can't wait to see like, you know, how, how people do like, since we relaunched the catalog in, in July, you know, there've been so many more orders and we just can't wait to see, you know, the places that people do build these things and like their personalizations that they, be, that they bring to the project. And, and yeah, I think we're going to have a pretty exciting uh, couple of months coming up. Sweet. So, um, do you have anything that's kind of coming, coming up that you're excited about? Yeah. I mean, well, so we have like, we're working on a ton of different stuff, right? Like, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of quickly kind of rattle through everything and, uh, before focusing on one, one project in uh, particular, right? Like, um, you know, Den is, is, is going global, right? Like we're going to release our entire plan set in metric, right? That's coming soon. Um, we're going to continue to build individual models in the A-frame series, as well as the Barnhouse series. We've got a cool, like, you know, stylistic kind of categories, like that we're thinking about, right? Like California modern, right? An Alpine series. And we're, we're you know, continuing to work on a, on a ton of stuff there. You know, because our product is also like the, the content itself, right? We're going to continue to deliver both free guides and paid content, right? So we're working on, on new, new stuff there and, and, you know, hopefully we'll have some, some new products out before the end of the year. And then I think the thing that we're really most excited about is a product that we've been in R&D on uh, for months now, right? And we're calling it the One Day Cabin, right? In that it can actually be built by two people with little to no experience in about a day right? And it's an A-frame in shape. It's, it's uh, fairly small, right? It's less than 120 square feet. So, you know, it, it kind of threads the needle on, on permitting requirements in a lot of places, right? And because it's also small, it, it really just enables that kind of quick deploy time, frame, right? And the reason why we want to build that, that, that product, right, is because, you know, there's this like crazy myth in the market right now that if you, if you buy a cabin kit, right, like you will, you will succeed, right. As like a DIYer or like, it'll go faster. Right. And like, and for the most part, like, you know, cabin kits are really just like cut dimensional lumber, right. Which gives you like some, some process acceleration, but like sometimes like a, um, a builder actually moves slower through the kit because they're not using their own techniques. Right. So so, you know, and people have constantly asked us, they're like, well, do you, you know, do you have a kit? What, what are you guys offering? Right. And, and we're like, well, we're only going to offer a kit if it, if it's truly innovative. Right. And it really like does right by our customers and, and kind of corrects this issue that's currently in the market. So, you know, we, we spent months, right. Engineering this thing from the ground up. It's, you know, we're using like, we're using CNC fabrication methods so that every piece slots together, right? It's not just like pre-cut lumber. It's really like, it's, it's a flat pack cabin kit where like everything, you know, slots into place. It all bolts together, right? And it's also designed in a way so that like when you finish like one stage of the build, the next stage just presents itself, right? Because it's so kind of intuitively designed, right? So it's, it's, we're actually, the first one is, is rolling off the, um, off the assembly line uh, this fall. 
and we're going to have inventory um, inside of Q4, and we'll be shipping them to our customers inside of Q1 of next year. Fantastic. So this will be actually, you will physically receive like a pallet of material. Yes, you will You will receive everything down to the doorknob, right? Everything down to the air filter, the windows, right? Like the finished floor, the finished walls, like everything has been carefully considered, right? Like down to the fastener, everything, right? Like, and it's all co-packed. It all comes on a pallet, right? Delivered to, to your address. And you and your, your friend or your partner, whoever, right? Like we'll be able to put it together in a weekend. Very cool. Yeah, what a great idea. And, and do, you, do you see potential for, you know, if this one goes well, that you can then try to ramp that up and go, go larger than 120 square feet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely, right? Like I think, you know, we, we have to be really careful as founders, right? Because, because like I said, like we are, we are a self-funded, privately held company, right? Like we don't have any outside investors. So like we can't just like spend a bunch of money, right? And like every, every project that we do needs to succeed, right? Like we can't have any whips. So hopefully, like when we deploy this, like it'll, it'll do well for the company. And, and, you know, throughout the entire R&D process, like, you know, we learn so much, right? Like, it's not only a cabin, it's a platform of learning and experience, right? That we can use on different models, on larger models, right? And, and that's, that's what we're really like developing. And that's like the intellectual property, you know, beyond the designs themselves that, that we own as a company. Yeah. Branching out of the digital into the physical physical materials that you ship. Yes, yes, ex- exactly right, right? And and yeah, I mean like I think, you know, it's really easy for us to scale up. I think in addition to the to the one day cabin, you know, like we are going to we're going to launch um we're going to launch like a a really modern and elegant like kind of modern outhouse, right? Like a washroom that goes alongside of it. And like we've got this like we've got this, you know, almost kind of like a a Lego, Lego kind of, uh, not only kind of kit of parts for each one, but like a Lego land kind of like modular system of like various structures that work together. Very cool. Very cool. That's, that is exciting. Well, one thing that I like to ask all of my guests is what are two or three resources that helped you along on this, this cabin building journey? Um, so these could be books, or films, or even, you know, a lot of people end up saying YouTube channels, but, you know, what are some things that helped you out that you like to point people to? Oh, man, this is such a great plug for Matt Reisinger right now, because, uh, Ethan, I don't know if you're familiar with his his videos on YouTube. I'm not. Matt Reisinger? Matt Reisinger, uh, if he listens to your podcast, like, he's a builder, I believe, in Texas, and, like, he has, like, he has he has so many different YouTube videos about everything, right? Like, about insulation, installing a pocket door, right? Like, I think, um, you know, I, I, I watched a ton of them, right? I learned so much from, uh, from him and from those videos. Like, you can, you can practically, like, learn to be a heart surgeon on YouTube these days. <laughs> um, but, you know, his videos were great. There's a, there's a high-performance building company called 475 that that shares a lot of information and resources on, on, you know, high performance, passive house building. They, I mean, like they give away like amazing 
cross sections of buildings that are um, that are effectively best practices in terms of building. Learned a lot from those guys. Um, you know, I have a couple friends and family friends who are architects who have been whispering in my ear, you know, throughout the length of this project. Like even even back, you know, before it was even a company when we were just like starting to build that one cabin, um, and they were incredibly inspiring. And, and yeah, like we also, so in the book that we wrote, we include kind of like a bookshelf and, and reference reading list at the end of it, because there's just so much information out there and it's hard to kind of pack that into uh, 80 pages, right? So, so there's a couple, couple books, you know, that are included in that, um, that people will also find useful if they pick up that, pick up that guide. That's, that's awesome. Actually, that, that's, um, reminded me of another question. So that would usually be where I end, but just you mentioned 475 building supply and I'm definitely familiar with them. Are, are these cabins, you know, are they designed to be passive? How, you know, what are you recommending for insulation? Are they, you know, just normal stick frame construction, you know, all those kind of techie building questions, maybe run me through, through how, how they work. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, like we, you know, kind of going back to like our approach, right. In that, in that we want to make sure that, you know, people can, can build these things like using a Home Depot or Lowe's, right. Like we, you know, all of our designs leverage just simple stick built construction, right. Like all of the, the main framing members are, are two by two by X, right. Two by 12, typically for the subfloor two by six um, for the sidewalls and, and two by 12 for, for the roof rafters. Right. And, you know, those systems are really versatile, right? Like you can, you can choose different insulation materials, right? Like you can upscale or downscale the R value pretty easily. And even, even on a two by six um, sidewall, right? Like you can amend the insulation by adding rigid foam to the exterior, right? Um, so if you're like in a, in a, in a pretty cold climate, right? They, there's another benefit to that in, in that when you add, um, when you add rigid foam to the exterior, you're doing what's called um, creating a thermal break, right? So like a lot of times actually hot and cold is actually transferred through the framing itself, right? If it's exposed to the air and when you add rigid foam to the exterior, right? It's effectively adding a koozie to your, to your house, right? Um, so like our, our designs also en- enable that, right? And, and yeah, like, you know, we that that system you know really also just uh, is adaptable like for whatever the local requirements are and um, it would be easy for for any DIYer or builder to plus that up or plus that nice all right well Michael Romanovich thank you so much for sharing so much about Den Outdoors and just um, love following your Instagram account just really beautiful images of of cabins that kind of provoke they're thought provoking in a kind of dreamy kind of way. So thank you for, for doing what you do. Well, th- thanks a lot for having us, Ethan. And, and yeah, thanks for spending the time with me. Too. Thank you so much to Michael Romanovich for being a guest on the show. You can find the show notes, including my favorite A-frame photos that we talked about during the interview and links to Den Outdoors and the resources that we talked about at thetinyhouse.net slash 135. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 135. Also, don't forget to check out Tiny House Decisions 
at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. This truly is the resource that I wish I had when I started building my tiny house, and I know that it will be insanely helpful to you as you plan and build your own tiny. So again, there is a beautiful physical print edition available for a limited time. There's only a few copies left. That is at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. All right, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.